Welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I'm your co-host Adrian here with the man who is not Ramon. And though he is not George of the Jungle, if he has 10 bananas and you take seven away, he still has 10 bananas. His name is George. Victor Vasquez the third. the part where you say hi I'm thank you what's up what's up adrian <laughs> not much <laughs> try that again dude <laughs> yes my name is george thanks thanks for all the the cheers and the applause no problem it's good to be with you man Matt. i haven't talked it to you in a long spirit. time i know <laughs> i know you can see my chin really well through the uh, zoom conversation here yeah zoom's Here's awesome fun. man zoom, yeah. zoom is like the new new thing you know it's like mm-hmm. people were kind of like what what <laughs> Well, it's now way better connection to it. Skype, and you can actually record, and it won't suck as bad. You know, you can clean up the audio pretty decently. You know, and Seriously. you don't have to have a ridiculously sharp internet connection. Like it will, it'll go, it'll do, it'll do its thing. It's like Not Skype. to say that we do. Skype, what is that? What, what is what, Skype? What is Skype? What it's the like heck? that little, the cloud? No, no. <laughs> So yes, today we continue. Wait, what do we continue? We do we do nothing. This is a standalone podcast. Um, I'm guessing this is going to air sometime after the episode on panic and trust. So the last one for the series that we are currently on, as we record today, is uh, is peace, and we have episode one that we already did, as we speak. Fear, um, panic is the second one. Trust is the third one. We're not even going to do the uh, scripture or anything like that. But, but we do want to talk a little bit about what's going on right now in the world because it's, it's timely. You know, it's a timely thing. Nice. And so we might as well do that. And then, then we'll just see where the conversation goes because, uh, as you know, yeah, we don't sure. research. We don't, we don't do any, any special preparation, or at least that much preparation around here. And I think that's part of our job. Adrian doesn't do any special preparation. <laughs> but, but nothing's changed. I mean, I, I, try, I try to keep up. <laughs> all right so so I'm, i don't think no i don't think i've i've really spoken about you but george is one of my longest uh my, my longest friendships on on planet earth you know Indeed. we were uh we were core members at at a life team program together um when i first started i was like man this guy's really cool and then he goes off on net for like a year and i'm like oh well forget him i was gonna say screw him but i'm not going to you know why because i'm mature um but yeah, and then then he came back, and then we we started hanging out together, and uh, and we've been friends since like two thousand one, probably. Um, two thousand two is probably when he came back uh, from Net Ministries, which is your uh, your favorite thing in the world. Um, we don't make jokes <laughs> about it or anything. Um, but we yeah, don't talk that's about it. <laughs> we don't talk about it. So we've been friends for close to twenty years. I mean, that just kind of blows my mind how time has has gone by. We're like we're we're the old old uh, youth ministry people over here. I mean, not counting Mark Hart and all the uh, big shots of Life Teen and whatnot. Well, he's, yeah. he's, he's got a lot of gray hair now, so. Yeah, he does. We're not, we're not quite there, but no. <laughs> we're getting there. 
<laughs> Eventually. We've we've put our time in. Let's just put it that way. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Until so I, I I don't know. It's like let me, let me uh, just kind of I guess to talk about myself. Yeah, you know, it's like I remember us being uh you know it's like best friends, uh, best bros for for the longest dude you know it's like and you know although we don't kind of connect uh probably as much as we should you know it's like i still consider you you know one of my best friends and uh you know it was like uh, one of the best faith brothers i have um you know it's like and i i know you know it's like we you know we kind of share the same experiences you're married i'm married uh you have kids i have kids now and Indeed. i think you cut up right you got you got three as well right yeah man i'm catching up to you bro I think, I think, thing. you know what? I'm not going to say anything because every time I say, you know, I think we're good now. Pop. <laughs> Another one comes out. So, uh, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to leave it you, up to Jesus. God. Thank you, Lord, Thank for you, baby, all Jesus. the blessings you have given upon us. The crown, uh, the crown jewel of, uh, of marriage is uh, the fruitfulness that comes out of it, and that's children. But I think our crowns are pretty full with jewels. But you know what? I don't, I don't know. I'm going to shut my mouth because... I'm getting nervous. So, uh, yeah, you know, especially in quarantine time, you know, you have a lot of quality. You don't want to hear yep. about people. No, no, we're still in quarantine time, but <laughs> you know, it was like, uh, I'm sure you have your stories too, but our, our family is getting tighter and I'm enjo definitely enjoying the extra time, uh, spending with my yeah. family, my wife, my kids. So. Absolutely. One of the fruits that's come out of this is not just the time. And, you know, like, uh, you know, briefly in that conversation that, that I had earlier with, uh, with your wife, Carolina, was, was that she has the kids on a schedule and the same thing with Vivian, you know, she has this kid, the kids on a schedule. She, I want to say like, we both sat down, but like she sat me down and said, you know, here's, here's my idea about the schedule. And of course I, she had to run it by me so I could say yes, or pretty much as say, Hey, maybe we should make these changes. And then she'll say no. And then she does whatever she wants, which is cool. You know, that's, <laughs> That's just the way it goes because I'm the man of the house. So, um, man, I remember seeing this meme. This meme. It had this guy with a metal militia shirt. And he had a kitten on his right shoulder, a kitten on his left shoulder. And said, my wife wanted two kittens, but I'm the man of the house. So we got two kittens. And that's uh, it's basically marriage. It's basically <laughs> marriage. You know, like there's arguments that are going to be had. But there's some fights that are just not worth fighting, you know? If she wants to have the kids on a certain schedule, you know, so long as they have some physical activity, so long as they're cleaning up a little bit, I don't care what they do. And it's, you know, it's not evil stuff. I don't care what they do. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how my wife does it. You know, it's like she, you know, it's like, you know, it's like she is raising, you know, I have three boys. She's raising my three boys. Um, my older two, my older two are in school, you know, I was like, so yeah. their schedule revolves around uh, getting up early for school. Mm -hmm. And that means you know, my wife likes to sleep in just like every other human being in the world, but she can't because she has to get the kids ready. Yep. So she wakes up, I get to sleep in. What's, uh, what's really cool is uh, my youngest, who's two years old, that this kid gets to sleep in. Uh, you know he's a baby he, yeah. you call him the baby you treat him like a baby but he sleeps in with me there's a crib in our room you know it's like so he still sleeps in it but this kid gets to sleep in with me so if i Sweet. sleep in until eight o'clock nine o'clock ten o'clock he'll just be right next to me he'll, he'll wake up he'll look at dad sleeping or pretending to sleep to go tell him to go back to sleep and he will go back to sleep <laughs> uh, there's been days it's been amazing there's been days we actually sleep in together till 11 o'clock no oh. kidding this kid is awesome he loves dad he loves sleeping in and then yes. when i start waking up 
he wakes up that and you know he already like you're you're talking about getting into routines oh my mm-hmm. gosh even even my youngest is in a routine he already knows dad he wakes up and he'll get off the, he'll get off the bed and he'll go and pick up uh, uh my pants that I'm, i have to wear for uh, in the morning you know it's like 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 dude like he will hand them to me saying he's so he's weird. ready to go he's like good morning dad you know it's like let's go downstairs because you know sleeping in is over and now it's time to mm-hmm. uh, get to work <laughs> nice very nice so you get to sleep it must be a comfy job you have yes <laughs> <laughs> yes, in, in case in case uh, your listeners uh, haven't figured it out, yes, I am a youth minister. Yes. Indeed. And so Indeed. there's uh, certain you are perks the one that come with quit. youth ministry. I am not I'm not a quitter when it comes to youth minister. I, I like I like the long term idea of being a youth minister, uh, the longevity. You know, it's like a, a pastor who who hires me uh, knows that I, I I'm I'm in it for the long haul, and I can commit to uh, being with a parish for a very long time. Uh, and that's Very just nice. kind of the deal. They, they, you know, they, they take care, of, they take care of me. You know, as I, I'm, I'm, I've been full time. You know, it's like for uh, over ten years now, and uh, it's been great. It's been, uh, it's, 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 it's just been an amazing, amazing ride. And uh, God's always taken care of me. Been at a couple different parishes now, but uh, God's always been able to, to see me through and make sure that He's providing for me and my family, but also uh, hooking me up with a pretty nice schedule where I get to sleep in because youth ministry hours. Everybody kind of knows is basically after school hours. Mm-hmm. Teenagers are in schools, and so as soon as they get out of school, well, that's when you know it's like youth ministry kind of happens. So I get to roll into to work sometimes one p.m. to two p.m. Um, and then kind of like work into the wee hours of the night, which is kind of nice. Uh, you know, it's like we're yes. actually uh, doing this podcast. You know, kind of late at night. That's pretty much my schedule. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. And that, that kind of brings me to the next thing. Like, how's that going for you right now? <laughs> like being in, being in youth ministry, but also being in, in quarantine. During the time, yes, during the I'll, days of quarantine. I'll, I'll tell you, man, it's like uh, I've been doing youth ministry a very long time. And, um, you know, I, I, you know I, was, I came into to Life Teen being a part of like, you know, big, re, big youth groups, doing big retreats and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just big uh, youth gatherings. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I got hooked up with this uh, with this parish, and the pastor was kind of thinking a little bit out of the box, and it was a smaller parish, and so uh, part of the deal was that uh, he was interested in putting uh, the parish into small groups, uh, you know, it was like small faith care sharing groups, discipleship groups, and he was thinking about doing this for the adults, and I said, hey, that sounds like a pretty good idea. So started looking into it, and I had always known that there's a model of youth ministry out there. It's called discipleship group and doing a doing everything in small groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so when ever you know when everybody kind of thinks of youth ministry, it was like, oh, you you know, it's a big youth group. You do a big you know life night or, or big you know it's like Sunday night or a weekend or or Wednesday big Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other side of the model is is saying, hey, you know, it's like how about you start with just forming small groups. Uh, so, uh, you know, what I did is I suggested to my pastor and he said, yeah, let's run with it. We started small groups. And when I say small groups in youth ministry, I mean, when they sign into youth ministry, they sign up for a small group. Like what's mm-hmm. the first thing we do? We put them into a small group. And I was like, yeah, they're signing up into youth ministry and being part of this big program, but they get assigned a, a leader, a mentor, you know, who's gonna actually walk with them. And our, our ratios are great. We have uh, one adult leader, for every uh, six uh, teens that actually signed into it. And uh, they journey with them. 
and that's their small group and we start there and so when all this pandemic stuff uh kind of hit you know i was like our primary ministry is in small groups so it was simply kind of a zoom call to all my leaders and saying hey uh zoom is kind of like going to be the next thing and some of my leaders yeah. were already on board they were like it was like i already mm-hmm. emailed all, all all my guys all my girls um you know we're going to zoom you know next wednesday you know instead of our our small group meeting meeting at the church um you know, i was like we're just going to meet online so cool. you know it was like unlike a lot of other stories in youth ministry youth ministries uh, a lot of different reasons going on but uh, the transition in my parish youth ministry was very simple because we were already in small groups yeah leaders just upon themselves to start these zoom meetings and so uh the the six uh, guys or six girls whatever they were in their group they just met over that and it's been going good so uh, i'm not going to say it's completely seamless but it was a really nice transition to kind of go from uh, physical meetings to uh, virtual meetings and still to kind of see that relationship uh, has been lost they still get to see um face to face with their leaders mm-hmm. it's 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 been really good um, i'm kind of glad that uh, kind of in this parish and uh, in this youth ministry model that actually allowed to to have a, a pretty nice transition uh, to going to virtual meetings as opposed to physical meetings yeah that's um, really cool how how you didn't have to like start like narrowing things down and making it more compact. Like it was the model was already there. So when, when did you switch from Catholicism to Calvary chapel or Saddleback church? George? <laughs> yeah, we did it. We didn't do that. I know that model's very, very popular <laughs> with a, a lot of Protestant and non-denominational churches. Uh, uh, we did base the model uh, a lot from Saddleback church and what they were doing. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of, uh, great Catholic youth ministries out there who have adopted small group ministry models, uh, one being uh, uh, Net Ministries, which is kind of like they do retreats. Uh, I serve with them and a lot of the retreats, they'll actually tell you the heart of the retreat is the small group. So that's one. Um, Another great uh, uh, program is is Why Disciple. They created a a curriculum and a small group series so that a small group ministry could actually be a primary ministry. And so that's one of the resources we actually use. Uh, Life team has actually, you know, for the, you know, quite a few years have actually uh, been Mm -hmm. creating uh, content and curriculum uh, so that you can actually be doing in small groups, whether it's a small Bible study, going over the readings, doing a Lectio Divina, um, you know, it's like, and so Life Teens has been kind of jumping on board to like getting kind of smaller you know it's like smaller smaller is a little bit better uh, a little bit more intimate um you're able to kind of like journey and um, what i like about it is that a, a teenager won't get lost you know a lot of times mm-hmm. a teenager will walk into a youth group or a life night and there's 60 other teens there and you know it's like they're struggling with something and that struggle isn't addressed in that particular night because uh, there's just not enough time there's just not enough uh, um you know, it was like a ratio wise adults won't come up and say, Hey, what are you really dealing with? You know, it was like, maybe it yeah. should kind of happen like that. Uh, but the reality is that it's, it's really tough. But if you started with a small group ministry now, now if somebody kind of walks into a, a small group, uh, that adult leader can actually, you know, learn the name because they're not trying to learn 60, a hundred names. Uh, they're trying to learn six, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's a lot doable. easier. Yeah. A lot sure. easier. You know, I get, I get, uh, I get to recruit adult leaders, uh, who I say, hey, how would you help with uh, youth ministry? Oh, what does that mean? I was like, well, you get to talk to six guys. You get to know six guys, and you know, for for the next uh, year or two, and 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 just kind of walk with them, be there. They're like, and the adults kind of like, I can do that. 
that mm-hmm. sounds very doable. Meet with them on a regular basis. Um, you know, it's like, it's not about kind of like babysitting, like, you know, uh, you know, it was like 10, 20 kids every night, you know, it was like making yeah. sure that there's, um, uh, food, <laughs> you know, it was like doing skits, <laughs> you know, it was like, which is all really cool. And we still kind of do that stuff because yeah. I, I do, I do have a small group ministry as my primary, uh, but we still do life nights. We still do, um, cool. you know, large group gatherings. We still have retreats. And so uh, I'm a big uh, both and person when it comes to youth ministry. You give me a, a great idea, I say, hey, I can take that great idea, and now I have two great ideas. <laughs> you throw another great idea, and I'll make try to fit in ministry. Oh, so you um, are a Catholic? That's cool. That's cool. I I am. So that was that was a good that was a good question, man. That was a good question. Yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought I was the only uh, I wasn't I wasn't the only trader, but I guess you know whatever. Um, Cause yeah, I, I left youth ministry as people already know, you know, who listen to the podcast, I left youth ministry cause I wanted to pay the bills and I didn't want to have the endurance that you had in order to make it happen, um, in order to make it happen. So, uh, so I went, I went and, uh, and got the, uh, the $200 a year pay raise by becoming a Catholic school teacher. And I'm like, all right, this is not enough. I need a, I need, I need to eat, you know, and became a public school teacher. And so now I'm, I'm at that space or I was at that space for a while where I wasn't doing much for the faith, you know, and I'm like, okay, this, this needs to, uh, you know, I saw that I saw it coming. And so my brother and I decided to start this podcast and then, and then I'm like, okay, it's still not enough because I'm greedy and I want to store treasure in heaven, you know? So, so I started helping out over here at St. Bruno's in Whittier and, and I'm a confirmation teacher there for a, uh, I mean, that, it's not really much of a teacher. It's more like that small group model that you're talking about. So I know it works. You know, I know it's effective and I know it's, it's more manageable because of all the reasons that you just mentioned, you know, I'm not going to make it redundant, but, but it totally works. Like it's such, a, it's such a good model. And the most important thing is that it's effective for the youth participating in the groups. You know, it's that they get more out of it and they, they get to voice out whatever concerns they have or whatever experiences they they have or whatever they need prayer for. And that's, that's so important, you know, that, that they feel connected, that they know that they're being heard and that they matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that, that doesn't open it for anything for you, but you're creative enough. So I'm going to let you roll with whatever you're going to say right now. <laughs> Thank you, friend. Thank you. Friend. No problem. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and, and kind of like to underline too, is like, this is a Catholic model. You know, it's like when we were, when we were early church and mm-hmm. you know, it was like, we, we weren't dealing in, in large groups. <laughs> we weren't congregating in, in very large groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, we, you know, it was like the early church was probably, you know, to probably think about the, how uh, church buildings are right now, it would maybe be a dream. You know, I was like, uh, everything was done in small groups, in homes. Catacombs. Kind of how, how, how <laughs> catacombs. Next, it's, uh, <laughs> next to your grandma's grave. <laughs> underground. Catholic yes. underground, literally. No, <laughs> and, and, you know, I was like, and that's, that's just kind of like the Catholic model is that, uh, you know, it was like a catechist, uh, uh, catechist journeyed with, uh, uh, with those that they were uh, teaching and, and mentoring, um, and the reason why they uh, they flourished in small groups is the same reason why Christ chose to uh, kind of create a small group of his own. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like he had you know twelve twelve disciples. It became twelve apostles. Um, you know, it was like and and he had uh, you know it was like three that he actually mentored. You know, it was like mm-hmm. um, so so we know biblically that there is something to a, a small group model that just makes sense. That just 
sounds Catholic. And if you if you look into our, our history, uh, yeah, it just makes sense. I, I think um, what happened is that uh, like over these years, uh, Catholicism and just our numbers just kind of grew and expanded, and uh, yeah. our bishops uh, did the best that they could to kind of to kind of govern because that is uh, part of their role as as, as bishop is to uh, govern the body of Christ, govern uh, the people as best they can. And it becomes more of kind of like a institution as or organization, uh, as opposed to kind of like this uh, intimate kind of family, this intimate kind of uh, com- you know, it's like uh, small group kind of community yeah. that, that usually kind of uh, builds up to uh, uh, developing a parish or you know, a parish family. Um, and uh, you know, so I, I think the classic example was kind of like the baby baby boom generation, which my my father was part of. Um, and I think the church kind of like looked at it was like, look at all these baby boomers. What are we going to do with them? You know, how are we going to give them their sacraments? Uh, I think uh, for the most part, um, uh, schools, Catholic schools, we, we do really good Catholic education. You know, it's like we kind of you know, built the Catholic school. <laughs> you, you, that's, that's another podcast. That's another podcast <laughs> for, sure. for another day. I mean, but I, I mean, like, we have a 12 year, 12 year veteran of Catholic schools over here. <laughs> historically our church kind of built the university system you know i was like it, it you know i was like it, it defined what it meant to have an education and, and to this day it Absolutely. educates more people uh, around the world i mean so like it's so like you know education catholic educate say what you will you know it's like about how it is kind of like locally um you know it's like they raised their hand they said oh we can you know we can we have a model that actually works to sacramentalize kids let's put them in yeah. a classroom um, you know, it's like, you're going to have what, a hundred, 200, you know, 300, you know, it's like every parish kind of looking for their sacrament of confirmation. No problem. Yep. Let us take care of it. Just sit them in the classroom. You know, it's like, you know, we'll spin them out in a year or two. And, and then, yeah, that's how it is. Uh, and unfortunately what kind of like got lost in, in on all that is that, is that relationship. And yeah, you know, it's like classroom, you know, it's like, I mean, everybody's kind of a, trying to admit it, you know, trying to get there, but classroom models uh, just aren't working for, for youth ministry or just nope. kind of ministry in general. A lot of good youth ministries have been picking up on it. And, uh, you know, it's like the ministry I've been running with small groups. Um, it, it kind of embraces the idea that, hey, let's get rid of this classroom model. Um, let's get rid of, um, you know, it's like any kind of requirement because it just sounds like it's just like a school, school requirement, um, mm-hmm. no check boxes. And, and so, yeah, we're, I'm pretty radical with my youth ministry. Um, you know, a lot of teens and parents ask me, it's like, okay, so what do we need to do in order to uh, get the sacrament of confirmation? Because that's, that's all they're interested in sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, there's no requirements. You know, there's some guidelines from our bishop. He, you know, he wants, us, he wants them to be part of a, a program and formation for a couple of years. He wants them to experience a, a retreat. Um, and he wants all the normal kind of things, a sponsor. He wants a, a letter from them just requesting baptisms. One of the things, you know, it's like, so there are very few uh, guidelines that that bishop actually wants. Um, and we're not a parish that's going to impose more, uh, more requirements on them. They, they have enough at school. They have enough uh, uh, pressure from, from home and teachers and, and, and all that. Uh, we're a parish that just doesn't want to put any more uh, pressure on teens, and uh, but we want to challenge them to be more responsible with their faith. Uh, so what that means is that if you don't have somebody there saying that you must do this, this is mandatory. And I was like, we're not we're not coaches that say practice is is mandatory. I was like, it's like no, we're just uh, you know, I was like, we're just 
you know, it was like people who, who love them and, and say, hey, you know, it was like you should come to your small group because uh, I, we just want to get to know you. We want to kind of hang out and give you a time that uh, you can actually contribute uh, not just to uh, your faith, but the faith of uh, five other guys, five other girls and, uh, and, and the leader as well. So um, it's, it's, it's a great model. It's, it's, it really kind of speaks to the heart of what uh, being in a ministry, being in a, a, in a faith family, and also being really what a catechist is. A uh, catechist really meant to, to journey with someone. Catechist uh, is not like a teacher. <laughs> it, it should never, never, uh, you know, kind of be equated with the, with a teacher. You know, a lot of, a lot of um, parishes, they misunderstand that when they say catechist, they're thinking, you know, it's like one teacher per classroom and it's not like that. Um, and you see, and that's, like, um, that's where you're going wrong, George, I think, you know, it's that we want our checklists. We're Catholics. That's what sets us apart from everyone else. Give me the checklist. Give me the requirements. Give me the, or, or, uh, if you don't do this, you'll go to hell. You know, we need that back. I think that's why people are leaving the church in drones or droids or whatever you know it's it's because of that you know this wishy-washy catholicism and that's that's nothing i I mean i didn't get that at all um the way you're saying it it's actually kind of cool because by not asking for requirements you know by not saying either do this or you're out you're actually putting the commitment on them you know all of a sudden it's on them you know we're offering this you can have it this, this is how you get confirmation. Like you, you're invited to do this. You don't have to do this, this, and that. Right. But you should do this. You should do that. You know, right. without, without mandating and, and just putting it on them and, and making them, you know, forcing them to do this or that. You said the, the word, you know, mandatory. You know, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not it at all. And the faith has never been mandatory. And as soon as people figure that out, you know, that, oh, it's not mandatory. They take all the stuff that people gave them along the way, you know, that this is mandatory stuff. And they're like, okay, so the church is saying that it's not mandatory, but you're saying it is, I'm out. You know, like as soon as I can not do that, I'm going to not do that. And this model kind of throws all that away. You know, and and it puts puts the the responsibility on, on us. So that's yeah. a, that's it, a cool part about it, it. It puts it, it puts it on a teenager who's mm-hmm. on the verge of becoming an adult. You know, they're going to be making adult decisions in a couple of years. You know, it's like, it, it just makes sense uh, that we start treating them like adults right now, allowing them to make adult decisions that not that this is a, a sacrament of adulthood or, or, or some kind of rite of passage. It, it's not, it's a sacrament is a free gift, but you, you have to want this gift. You have to know what this gift is. You know, it's like, you, you shouldn't accept a gift if you don't really know what, it, what, what this gift is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just part of what our church kind of teaches is, is that uh, someone of, of the age of reason, a teenager, uh, they should be well-formed in, in the sacrament that they're receiving. They should, they should know about it. But more importantly, they should know who that sacrament is. I know it scares a lot of people. It scares youth ministers that I, that I tell them that I don't, I don't have requirements or I don't, I don't, make them go to a certain amount of classes or a certain amount of life nights or a certain <laughs> amount of service hours that just freaks them out. And, uh, and you know, it would freak a lot of pastors out too. Um, but it's, it's a radical step, you know, and that's, uh, that's what our church is, uh, is about is, is just kind of being radical for the faith and saying, you know, it was like, if, um, you know, it's, it's funny, but there's buzzwords out there like uh, discipleship groups and uh, Sherry Waddell's group and uh, you know, being intentional, uh, intentional disciples. There's, there's a oh, lot yeah. of uh, 
great ideas and talk about being an intentional disciple. And I was like, and, you know, changing the culture of a church, uh, getting rid of programs and just, you know, I was like, there's a lot of talk about it. There's a lot of ideas kind of floating out there. Uh, but we in our parish, we've just started to run with it, you know, and it, and it started with youth ministry. I was the first one to start uh, implementing a small group model in ministry with our, with our teenagers. And then, uh, and then our pastor the very next year started putting all the, the parishioners and adults into small groups. He, uh, he ran nice. a huge campaign and uh, uh, did kind of like we, what a lot of people can't see as a mission, but uh, we call it just kind of like a 40 day movement. And mm-hmm. what we do, we moved, moved everybody into small groups. That's what we did. <laughs> and they're, they're in small groups. They stayed in small groups and they're really strong and they're uh, realizing the value of uh, being in, in a fellowship of uh, just a small group of believers so that uh you know it's like everybody knows where they're at uh, nobody's uh, getting lost if there's a uh, pastoral needs um that's huge uh, to have a small group there that yeah. can actually uh, talk to you um you know it's like kind of give you what, you what you really need pastorally um it doesn't always need to come from the pastor or a mm-hmm. priest because there's just no way you know it's like there's yeah. no way a priest can be there for everybody in his uh his community uh you know it's like but a small group can you know a small group is somebody we can uh, just you know get on the phone and say say hey man my favorite dog died you know it's like i'm really <laughs> down right now you know it's like you know, a priest ain't got time for that. <laughs> you know, it was like, but a small group was like, oh man, I, I remember that dog. You took him to, you know, one of our small groups or when I went into the, the home, you know, I was like, I was a yeah. cool dog. You know, I was like, he helped my leg too. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know, you could share those kind of moments with the small group that you really kind of uh, can't get from like a larger community. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been really, really awesome. Man, I could I can go in so many directions right now, but but just to just to bring it back to the general idea before the ADD takes over completely, um, we need to be better at this, and the way to do it is by going small, you know, yeah. and that's and that's something that that's missing. But I do want to I do want to transition away from that because because I want to bring it back to the house because we we've, we've been we've been talking for a while. The podcast is like twenty to thirty minutes at at most, but I'm okay going a little bit longer because I want to talk about the house, you know, because we haven't. We haven't talked in a while, man. <laughs> we haven't talked in a yeah, while. Man. So, so it's, it's right and just that we talk about this. You know, we we're kind of touching on it earlier on about the wives and the schedules and how good they are. Um, but you know what? One of the, one of the things I noticed is that freak, man, I'm spoiled with these kids. Like they're so good. They're nothing like I used to be, you know, when, when I was a kid, I remember I literally wanted to kill my brothers. These kids are like chill and they are so loving of one another. And yeah, they fight and argue sometimes, but but they're there, you know, and it's so cool to see them um, just this past uh, this past week uh, from Tuesday to Saturday. We prayed the rosary and the kids just kind of sat down on the couch and started. They grabbed their beads and they started praying. It just very matter of fact, like this is what we do. You know, and it was so cool that I didn't have to prompt them. I didn't have to say, hey, get your butts over here and start praying. Like, no, they came over like someone someone complimented us because we were doing a live stream on the dude Catholic uh, Instagram. And, and someone's like, Hey, thanks for, uh, tell your kids, thank you for leading the rosary. I was like, cool, man. Like it's, it's good, you know? And it, it made me realize, Hey, you know what? I don't just love my spouse. I don't just think she's pretty. I like her, you know, and I love my kids. And that, that's one of the fruits, one of the great things that came out of this time of inconvenience and lack of paper towels and toilet paper and whatnot, you know, like it's, it's one of the good things. And, 
and my wife and I were talking about this, um, how the judgment seems like something terrifying. And so I just told her, you know what? It's only going to be terrifying for some. For those of us who embrace the suck, you know, for those of us that, that embrace whatever comes our way and try to get something good out of it, no matter what, it's, it's going to be good. You know, the, the second coming of Christ is going to be terrifying to a lot of people. But to some of us, like, we secretly want it. You know, like, sometimes my wife and I were like, Jesus, just come back already. You know, like, just, just make it happen. I am, t- I am tired of this life. <laughs> Seriously. You know, I, have, I, have friend, I have friends saying, it's like, like George, oh, you got to try this new diet or you got to do this new exercise. And I'm like, man, I don't, like, I don't plan on living that long. You know, I was like, you know, I was like, I don't want to live forever, buddy. And I was like, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't. I want to make sure that I, I, there's an end to this this story here on on, on Earth, so I can uh, live my eternal story in heaven and yes. uh, take my family with me. So, yeah, it's it's definitely there's definitely priorities. And I was like, when it when it comes to my wife and my family, um, yeah, I get that question a lot. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, do you, do you like your wife? You know, I'm like, oh, I don't really kind of like understand. I was like, of course, I like my wife. You know, it was like. I was like, I was like, but do you, do you like her, like her? I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. You know, I was like, are there days where, you know, I was like, I don't find favor with my wife and her personality. It's like, I'm sure just like any other um, <laughs> husband, you know, I was like, there's, there's days, but that doesn't matter. You know, whether I like her, on, you know, this day or not, was like, I love her, you know, I've committed mm-hmm. my life to her. And I was like, and there's something to kind of say about that. Uh, you know, it was like, it was like love just uh, transcends and, and, you know, it's a love that I want to give my wife that uh, I know that I can't just give on my own. That's why I got married in the church. That's why I uh, took upon the holy sacrament uh, of, of marriage so that it's not just me um, who's given my wife the best love. It's I've invoked God and, and, and his love uh, to help us in, 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 our, in our unity and in our, in, our, in our love for one another and our, our our mission to spread that love uh, beginning with our children. Uh, you know, I was like, I take that very seriously. You know, I was like, and you know, I was like, Hey, you know, I was like, there's going to be days. It's, it's going to be tough. And, you know, I was like, and um, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't have to like it, but I've committed to, uh, to the relationship that, that I love. And, uh, and that's all there is to it. There's nothing else to it. My wife was talking about, uh, about this thing that she's been seeing in social media. She's like, I've noticed that this quarantine is bringing out the femininity in women. And I was like, oh, I'm listening. <laughs> you know, and she's like, yeah. You said, and, and I say that, I guess she said that because she was baking cookies. Man, they were so good. <laughs> um, I'll put some in a bag for you. But, uh, but yeah, they were, they were so good. And she was saying like, yeah, it's bringing out the, it's bringing out the femininity in women. She's like, and I know they, they won't say it, but you can see it all over the place. And I was like, okay. I'm not going to start that conversation just because it's going to sound horrible coming from me if I say it, but it's her saying it. So it's like, it carries a little bit more weight, you know, in this, uh, in this world of political correctness and whatnot. Um, yeah, well, you know me, I'm not politically correct. So I'll say it. No. You know, I was like, you know, like, <laughs> we, we, I'll, I'll start off with, with my experiences. You know, it was like when my wife, uh, uh, like had her first son, uh, you know, it was like, you know, it was like he he definitely had some special needs, and so she stayed stayed off off of work, and she took care of my son, and then we had another son. You know, it was like you know a, you know, a little over a year later, and so that was two, and then we ended up with three boys. So three boys, that's that's her life. Uh, she's at home. You know, it's like she's not even thinking about working anymore. You know, it's like her work yeah. is uh, at home, and 
and she's amazing. She's she's you know a great great mother. She's a great wife. She takes care of the home, and uh, it's it's a beautiful role. And you know, I was like, I want to support yeah. that role. I will go out literally work two three jobs, and so that she can actually stay home and fulfill her primary role as a, as a wife and as a mother. You know, as a caretaker, and she's built for it. She's 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 an excellent teacher. She teaches uh, school age kids. She's amazing at that. Maybe one day she can actually go back to that. Uh, but for right now, you know, it's like I, I you know, it's like it's it's a blessing to kind of have her home, and mm-hmm. and I, I don't I don't think she ever kind of saw herself as always kind of like you know a stay at home mom. Uh, she's she's always been very independent. You know, it's like she uh, she has her her degree, um, like she was ready to kind of you know it was like teach, um, yeah. but. I think she sees it as as a blessing too, and I definitely kind of see it. And I see a a, a lot of wives who who are coming back from the workforce, uh, spending time with family. They're going to be like, "This is what I've been missing. This is what I've been missing." And I was like, "I work and I work from home now." <laughs> and I I look at my kids, I look at my wife, and I was like, "This is what I've been missing when I was I was like at work, you know." It's like or or yeah. sleeping in, you know. It's like, look what I've been missing, you know. It's like, um, this is this is amazing, uh, you know. My wife, uh, she, she, you know, she she hates homeschooling. She had a bad experience of, of her own homeschooling. Uh, yeah, I remember like, her uh, talking about homeschooling in the past. I think, I I think a lot of women are going to be like, homeschooling's pretty cool, Matt. This this yep. might be something that we can kind of continue. You're hearing that a lot nowadays. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. But it's true, right? And 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 in that way, like it, and this is something that that Ramon and I talk about every once in a while. You know, their femininity brings out the masculinity in us. You know, and it may not be. It, sometimes we don't want it to, but there she is. You know, hey, uh, you gonna deweed the backyard? I'm like, nope. <laughs> but then eventually, you know, I end up doing it. And then when I start, I'm like, you know what? I kind of like this crap. Like, yeah, I'm sore the next day because I don't work out. But you know what? This is kind of cool. You connect with nature, you rip it off, and then you throw it away in the trash can, and then you you lug it out. You know, that that's basically what I did today, and I'm still not halfway done with it. You know, this rainy season brought a lot of growth to the native plants of this area, and the native plants we call weeds. And so, you know, just weeding them out, like, it's it's a whole theological discussion, but but, you know, just... Just to stick with the with the topic, you know, like it brings out the masculinity in us. And that's a beautiful thing. And and while many people will see that as a bad thing or like we said in the past, like politically incorrect, I guess you could say way of looking at things like I don't care because it is good. And that's something that a lot of people are realizing. And I love the way it's showing on social media. And just because of the jobs that I had, I, I have a lot of people that, that I follow and they follow me on social media that, that are not churchy people, but I see their growth as humans and I see how they're, how they're growing and how they're taking on those more traditionally masculine and traditionally feminine um, attributes or habits or whatever you may, you know, and it suits them so well. You know, right. the guys are acting like men and it looks good on them. And the girls are acting are acting very feminine, and it looks great on them. Right, and I think it kind of gets back to where we we're talking about. You know, it's like God has given us very specific roles. Uh, uh, you know, in, in in a marriage, in the context of a, of a family, and as as a husband, you got to fulfill your husband role, um, even if you don't like it. And I was like, you know, I was like, even if there's days that you just, you know, it's like something you just hate, but you do it. You, know, you do it because that's your role. You fulfill it. 
and, uh, and, and tomorrow, if you could uh, go back to work and afford not to do it anymore, <laughs> you know, it's like, you're going to pay someone else to kind of do it because now you, you know, you're making more money. Well, yeah. that's fine. You know, it's like, you're, you're, it's like, you're focusing on something you're not, you know, it's like, so you're not doing something you like, but at least for these few weeks, your kids actually kind of see you at home fulfilling your role. I think that's going to be huge. I think that's going to be, yeah. um, you know, kind of a game changer when it comes to our children. They're, they're going to look back and say, it's like, Hey, you remember this, this quarantine? Remember that when, you know, mom, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, she decided to kind of bake cookies for the first time and she burned the first batch with the second batch was really amazing. And it was like, they're going to remember those, those moments. They're going to remember when, when dad was home, they all, you know, it was like woke up and said, let's, let's go for a walk, you know, as, as a family, Which I think do. the family, yeah. gonna remember that and they're gonna keep it and even if the parents even if the husband or the wife doesn't really like that and the wife is like oh yeah it's like I, I just i just can't do it i need to get out of the house i need to go back to work i need to go back to you know, what i need to do and maybe the husband kind of does that. but i think the kids are going to have a little taste of of what family is kind of meant to be mm-hmm. what the roles really are meant to kind of be and uh you know and, and a father and a mother fulfilling those roles even if they don't like it and they're going to grow up with that concept and they're going to they're going to kind of really be transformed when they enter into relationships of their own when they have families of their own they're going to realize that there's certain roles uh that they have as a wife as a husband as a mother as a father that they're going to fulfill even if they don't like it you know it's like you know, they're going to embrace the suck and they're going to be like it's like this is what i've committed to and this is kind yeah. of what it takes and i mean i, I mean i like it today you know like but i gotta do it uh, because that's that's what love calls us to yeah one one last little activity that we've done that i wanted to share was that uh and this is not i'm not going to take credit for it but also, I want to I want to make sure I mention that my wife did not burn the first batch of cookies. They came out great from the first batch, and they're still amazing. So I'm going to just say that <laughs> to start, so I can earn some husband points right now. Also, um, she came up with this like idea on the spot, like you know when when you're saying that about the kids remembering this one, this is all over. You know, I know my kids are going to remember this one spontaneous night that my wife was like, "All right, let's do a concert." And so we all did a song, you know, whether the song was playing and we were just kind of either lip syncing or singing along. And the little one, man, like she just belts out those Frozen 2 songs like no one's business. And then my son did something that he had that some song that was on a video game that he plays. And then uh, the older one did some other song. And then I did tequila and my wife did another song. I, mine was the best one because it was mostly dancing. And then at the end, it's just tequila. Um, but yeah, that, that night, you know, like, it was so fun. Like, I had fun. Everyone was having fun. You know, I can see a lot of families when this is all over. They're going to be like, all right, so what do you want to do tonight? Remember when we did this? Well, yeah. Why don't we just stay in? And, and I feel like, you know, people are going are gonna to take that goodness away from all this crap. And we're going to miss it. You know, we are going to miss parts of this. I know that for a fact. And I know that a lot of families are going to want to stay in and have a pizza night, have a have a karaoke night, have a whatever night at home, just because it's so good. Embrace the suck and see the fruit that comes out of it. Embrace all the crap and you'll see that God is definitely the God that doesn't create evil, but allows it because there is some good that he can bring out of it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, uh, that's how God, that's how God's love kind of uh, shows through all this. Uh, we know that uh, none of this happened, um, you know, it was like, because of God, you know, it was like, uh, he permits it because obviously there's a greater good that uh, maybe we can't see right now. 
uh, you know, like, but on a micro level, uh, we can always find uh, good things that, that are uh, that are going on in, in our life. And the, the saints were a great way of, a great example of uh, finding great love in very kind of small things or in, in, in a very kind of tight perspective. When you uh, focus your, your attention on Christ, uh, you can see his love even in the most uh, horrible circumstances. Amen to that. Amen. So with that, we're going to close off the podcast because we've been talking for, I think it's been over an hour, George. Yeah, really man, good. it's cool being on, dude. I, I love it. I love your, your ministry you got going on here, both uh, your primary ministry and your family and, and also this uh, uh, this little uh, podcast you're doing here. I'm sure it's uh, uh, bringing people closer to Christ, of course. And uh, next time we come back, we got to make sure Ramon's on too. Uh, we got we to gotta make it a trio. We can definitely manage to uh, to schedule him in because... I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't do any of the conversations I have with other people. He's always like busy or like, I don't know, like making stuff up uh, so that he doesn't have to be there. But yeah, you yeah, crank, you got crank call him, dude. Crank dude, call him I talked to guy. freaking freaking uh Bear Wasnick, and Ramon missed it. You know, both times, <laughs> both times because I I, I at first <laughs> I did a times. call. Yeah, I did. I did a call, and he was on our podcast, and then then he was like, "Hey, this is really cool. Let's have you over." And so. I was on the podcast and Ramon was supposed to come, but he totally missed it. And, and then Bear's like, yeah, we got to, we got to find another time when Ramon can't make it. <laughs> so we can have another conversation like this. But yeah, that's, that's that guy, you know, but hopefully we will get him, get him in here next time. Ah, with that said though, pray for us. We'll pray for you. Ferro, ferro, acultur.